Hey everybody, this is Rodney. Uh, it's still a little cold opening here for this week's uh, show. We, uh, we've we been uh, doing a lot of stuff here at the house, um, staying busy, but just wasn't able to get into the studio down in the basement and get a podcast recorded. So we bear, we ask you uh, to uh, bear with us sometimes when we have this happen, but we thank you so much for listening to the literally hundreds of you who listen every time we drop on these things. It is very humbling and we appreciate it so much. Uh, I got a favor to ask. Um, we are on all the major podcast platforms and things like that, but we love hearing feedback. And over this last week and a half, two weeks that we didn't drop a uh, podcast, we've gotten lots of messages. People wanting to know where it was at, why we hadn't put one up. And uh, we appreciate that more than you know. And um, our intention is certainly to have one out of these out every week. Um, but, you know, we have seven kids, so life does happen occasionally. But, um, if you have any questions, comments, subject you'd like to hear us, uh, our thoughts on, uh, we're not as experts by any means, but you know, Hey, we're just out here, you know, living life and, uh, not afraid to, to talk a little bit, but, uh, if you have any questions or things you'd like for us to talk about, just shoot us an email at uh, langfordlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us through Facebook. Uh, we have the Langford Life Podcast homepage on Facebook, uh, also on Twitter, and then you can certainly find Alita on Facebook at Alita Langford and just message us. You know, I'm, I'm on there too, Rodney Langford. I've got a page and everything. I think it's public now, whatever that means. But um, anyways, just, um, yeah, shoot us, uh, drop us a line, as I used to say. All right, roll that intro. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Langford Life Podcast. I'm Rodney. And I'm Alita. And this is a podcast about meeting obstacles in life, overcoming, and... Some other crazy stuff happening, <laughs> going on. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. We're two people who are basically uh, inviting you along on a journey of a really unique situation, both um, finding love after loss and merging seven kiddos together. Uh, we're just wanting to kind of answer everyone's questions about how in the world do you manage all this chaos and crazy um, kind of midlife when you least expect it. So this is all going to be a little bit about our journey, our story, and a lot of freaking hilarious stories. Yep. It's not perfect, but it's the length of life. It's the way we go, yo. That's it. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. It's been a minute. It's been a, a quick minute. Well, hot dang. Do I sound more Southern? You do. You yeah, do. I knew it. It's rubbing off. It's hanging out with you. Yeah. You. Sound like one of us good old folks now. I know. Always wanted to. Yep. Well, everybody, <laughs> thank you for coming in and listening to us this week. <laughs> thanks is, for coming on down. Thanks for stopping by and <laughs> sitting on the front porch and having a glass of sweet tea. Yeah. Um, th- thanks for coming in. We. It's been a little bit. <laughs> We did a, we did episode twenty five and then it was like a couple no weeks ago. No one ever ago. heard from us. Yeah, <laughs> the well, quarantine took us. The under. quarantine took us. We just kind of leaned into life a little bit. We uh, yeah, I mean we haven't obviously haven't been like busy out of the house. No, but we do have a lot of stuff going on. We bought some land. Yep, yep. We've been building like houses, getting, <laughs> building houses, getting <laughs> yeah. plants here, and and um, all kinds of stuff. So. Just lots of stuff going on, but um, buying puppies, to buying puppies, losing puppies, losing puppies, but finding, finding them puppies. again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've been anxious to get back down into our little studio here and record a podcast. So we've been getting messages from a lot of sweet folks saying, yes. "Where's your podcast? You went from daily to nothing." Yeah. We uh, a good so. friend of mine who uh, listens to our podcast. Yeah, let's he, give them a shout out. Yeah, Lance and Brandy Roach. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Lance sent me a text message tonight, and he said, on a scale of uh, one to ten, um, one being very bad and ten being very good, our decision to move from daily <laughs> to once a week was a one. Uh, he is not happy about it, and uh, he said Brandy uh, is a is a great loyal listener and, and loves what listen to our show and we appreciate that so much thank you brandy yes, for listening yes brandy we we'll, maybe who knows you never you know, can brandy, tell send us your mess your address yeah send us your address <laughs> and we'll send you a langford life podcast sticker yes <laughs> <laughs> well not only that maybe we'll just pop by for like a for dinner or something yeah who knows just what a we'll little do. quick pop in <laughs> yeah yeah we'll send you one of these lovely stickers you'll be the envy of your neighborhood <laughs> 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 You're hilarious tonight. You're on fire. Well, 
All right. Speaking of fire, segue <laughs> here. Uh, we we write down things as we're living life. Um, Alita is hilarious because she was literally we were sitting here and she says, uh, "What's our topic tonight?" And I said, "Well, we're going to talk about something we talked about the other night about uh, success is on the other side of loss." And she said, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "Do I have anything to say about that?" And I said, "Honey." You gave me this uh, this great win one for the Gipper speech about it just the other night. I wish I'd been recording it then. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. And so she just starts scribbling fast and furious on a piece of paper. Like she has a wealth of, of knowledge. Oh, my goodness. You're you're too kind. Oh, oh. just speaking truth. Um, so anyway, where this came from, um, we have seven kids. We do? We have seven kids. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Just joking. Okay. Still have seven kids. Yes. <laughs> um, five boys, two girls, mm-hmm. and ages 15 to 5. And we have a lot of competition, mm-hmm. um, healthy competition, I'll say. Most of the time healthy. Yes. <laughs> um, Alita and I, we do poke the bear a little bit, and we will do challenges, contests, uh, <laughs> random trivia, uh, feats of strength. For first take dessert. <laughs> yeah. Um we also kind of cheat. We do. Yeah. We make sure that the deck's stacked in our favor, that we always get first slice of uh, whatever we, it is, cake, pie, whatever, cookies, whatever. But anyway, so as we do these little competitions, the kids love them, first and foremost. Yes. But there is always a little bit of a rub somewhere along the line. Someone, you know, didn't didn't finish like they wanted to. And, and we just think it's like great opportunities for life lessons. Yeah. You know, because not everything in life is fair. And our seven kids know that better than most. Um, mm-hmm. Life just isn't fair sometimes. And you're not always going to win. You're not always going to finish first. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to give it your best. Yeah. And your best isn't good enough. Uh-huh. It's just the way life is. Mm-hmm. And so Alita and I, we're, we always want to make sure that our kids understand that there's winning and then there's quitting. And you never lose. Mm-hmm. Losing never happens. You may run out of time. You may not have all the answers, but you never lose. You either get bitter and quit, mm-hmm. or you get better. Ooh. Oh, listen to that. Coach Say that again. I said, You either get bitter, or you get better. Come on now. And you never, the opposite of win is not lose. The opposite of win is quit. Mm-hmm. And so, in particular, mm-hmm. Relin. Well, I wouldn't use names. Well, it's okay <laughs> if you're going to take the 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 if you if you pride yourself on winning, you know you got to be able to take a little heat when you don't. Should I use Relin's name? <laughs> <laughs> Saying over and over. Well, I would say there's a couple in our house okay. that have a, tr- a hard time um, losing, and not even necessarily losing at a game. Like, yeah. let's be clear on that too. It's some. It's sometimes it's like um, losing at something that you're afraid to try something new because you're afraid you won't be great at it. So, and I feel like that bleeds over into adults too, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, you know, would you sit down at the piano and learn how to play right now? No. Why? I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But if, if like, I'm trying to think of something that you'd want to do, but you might be kind of like, man, I'm just, I'm too old to start learning it. Uh, I'll tell you what, play the guitar. Okay. I would love to be able to play the guitar, but I just, I'm not. You're uh, not willing to potentially lose yeah. by not being good at it. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think it's something that we learned from childhood on, in my personal opinion. Okay. So anyway, continue your little thing well, there. Well, why don't you, you have a, I'm, I know when I talk about this, I'm going to be more coach speak and more like, you know, ah, get up there and, and, and play hard and mm-hmm. rub some dirt on it. So why don't you give your perspective of whenever we have these issues that come up where we have a child who's given it their best or maybe you see a lot more of this than I do or mm-hmm. you have a more tender heart towards it than I do. Why don't you give your perspective of what, what's going on? Uh, okay. Well, I think a lot of times what's going on, and I'm, I'm definitely not a professional in any way, but I do love to kind of study human behavior just mm-hmm. on my own, just like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love people. I'm in a people business and I'm a people person. And so, um, and my mom and dad were, were big in the community. So I, I learned a lot from them too. But um, 
you know, I think that I, I grew up being a, an achiever, you know, in a household where if you got a B, why wasn't an A, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I yeah. think you were similar. Yep. And I think a lot of people in our generation probably were the same. Yeah. And while I think that that is helpful because it always reminds you, you can achieve more, you know, you're not just this great, you know, what's the word? Like a genius kid um, just because you get an A or something. And I think it's like, you know, looking for what could I improve on? And I feel like that's the lesson that's trying to be taught there with constantly looking for what could I, how could I improve? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, on the flip side of that, we can be so afraid to lose. Mm -hmm. So afraid that it panics us before we even start. Yeah. So afraid that we will make people laugh at us. Mm-hmm. So afraid that we will um, lose friends. So afraid that we'll lose favor with our parents, with our family, with uh, our friends, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And and I think that, um, you know, it's been really interesting to watch it in our kids because I think it's almost easier to understand it from their point of view for me than it is to understand an adult's point of view because you think we have all of this knowledge at our fingertips yeah. to really understand that, okay, I could step out and learn how to play guitar right now. Yeah. And who cares if I can succeed or not? Like no one's going to make, I'm an adult. No one's, yeah. you know, who's going to come in here and make fun of me for not learning to play guitar. But I really feel like we actually carry around those same thought processes we're so afraid to try anything because we're afraid we're going to lose and that's where this sentence comes from and I'm going to tell you something after this because I thought when you said this title I thought we were going to be talking about something different and now I get it this is a flowing topic here I get it now I'm now I get it but I had told uh, Roddy the other night I said you know success is on the other side of loss and in in my heart and my experience only that's only I I can speak to is that I really feel like success comes after you've tried and failed mm-hmm. and after you've seen, you know, what works and what doesn't. And some of those failures are so small, you don't even recognize them as failures. Mm-hmm. Some of those things are like, oh, man, I lost $5 on that deal. But, who, you know, who cares? I'll keep moving forward. And some of them are, you know, big losses. And we're trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do I bounce back from that and feel – Good. Um, I'm thinking of so many things in my own walk in life of losses and and falling down and failing um, where I would release a single and it would do really good. And then I'd release another single and it wouldn't do very good. Or where I would be um, when I first started network marketing, that's a huge thing, terrified of what other people would think of me. And I quickly learned that all my success that I was having was on kind of, it was like, it's like how they say, um, oh my goodness, the, the saying just left my brain, but, um, ah, it's breakdowns create breakthroughs. So kind of the same along the same lines mm-hmm. of just, you know, successes on the other side of loss was to me, it was just like every time I've had, you know, hard things happen or things that looked like, looked like failures there typically was success on the other side. And what's interesting is I feel like my music career in my early life of just kind of, you know, working hard and, you know, doing like living a totally different lifestyle and all the hardships that came with that being a woman kind of in a man's world, then um, really prepared me for network marketing Mm -hmm. later. And then even more so, you know, prepared me for, kind of the next four years where I lose, you know, a spouse, my parents, um, and just kind of be a single mom. And so I think just all of those things prepared me for the better, if that makes any sense. And so really we've started to kind of do this thing where we're really encouraging the kids to share something they tried and failed at, Mm -hmm. at dinner. And it's interesting, the things that they think they fail at is really just practicing. I was practicing football and I tried this and I failed. And then it's just like it brings up good conversation. Yeah. I think of what is what is failure. Yeah, like what would you consider failure? Failure to me, um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would consider failure when you have prepared yourself mm-hmm. for 
something and then you don't you don't follow through with the necessary steps that you know you should do and the results don't go the way you want to me that's failure like giving it your all mm-hmm. and and still losing or coming up short or not working out that's not failure mm-hmm. failure to me is when you um when you you almost like you purposely sabotage yourself mm-hmm. like you don't do what you need to be doing mm-hmm. like, yeah I, I don't know if that makes sense or not yeah um, totally, it makes total sense i think um and i agree with that i think for me i kind of have this new thought on is failure even a thing or is everything every experience every heartbreak every scrape knee every massive loss on a business deal, every failed single you put out if you're a musician, every failed book is one step closer to massive success. It's Part actually a story. training ground yeah. and it makes you who you are and it gives you your story. Yeah. And I think like I look back at my life and I think, man, I I can really look back and say – you know, I have a story, I have a story to share mm-hmm. and you have a story mm-hmm. to share yeah. and I don't look at anything as a failure, but more as a an experience that prepared me for, for you, yeah. for this, for our businesses that we're, you know, yeah. our business adventures that we're always doing. And, yeah. um, I think it's given me bravery. Do you feel like it's given you bravery? Absolutely. Because there you know, you know that I, I'm a, I'm my number one critic. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm harder on myself than just about anyone. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked a lot about that, like what it, our stories to get to each other, and things that we would view as failures or missteps. Mm-hmm. Now we see it in a different light. Like it's you always mm-hmm. say, there you can't miss a ship that was meant for you. Yeah. And we, what you're saying is very true because what is failure? I mean. Can you really fail? If you're willing to learn from it and keep going, do you ever really fail? That's really good. Yeah. You never really fail. You just, and you hear stories over and over again about the biggest titans in the industries of of history were the biggest failures. Yes. You know, was it Thomas Edison Mm -hmm. failed 10,000 times before he came up with the filament for the light bulb? Yeah. You know, the biggest failures well, are the biggest winners. And I think Michael Jordan, sometimes. like, got cut from his 10th grade basketball team or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think that Do you believe that's true? Uh, they certainly tell it a lot, so yeah. it must be. I mean, and that's the thing is I, I really feel like so many times it's like, well, I, I tried to do music and it mm. didn't work. Or I tried to write my book and then nothing ever happened. So it comes back to then, the opposite of win is not failure or mm. lose. It's quit, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's comes right back down to that yeah that's true it's very true and I think like imagine this if you will if you're listening and driving please don't close your eyes but if you're if you're not close your eyes and ask yourself how would you feel about yourself if you turned everything that you would call failure and you changed the word from failure to experience Mm. or to training ground or to life lessons. And you look back on those things with no regret in your heart and only love and grace. And you look at your life and you think, okay, what did I learn from that experience? And you take that and really think about how does that change how you feel about yourself? Because I really feel like, you know, when I really started getting into personal growth and really wanting to better who I was, I really realized that I'm a better person when I'm loving towards me too. Because like how you said, like, you know, how we're our world's biggest critics. Mm -hmm. So when I'm feeling mad at myself, like I'm frustrated because Maybe I'm cooking and it's not working out the way I want it to. When we're angry at ourselves, it's very easy 
to pour that anger over onto, say, your kids or your spouse. So one thing that I started doing probably two years ago was I'd ask myself, why am I mad at myself right now? <laughs> Before when I would start to kind of get upset with the kids or something. Yeah. And I found that technique to be so helpful because it made me more self-aware. Like, am I actually mad at the kids because the TV's too loud? Or am I actually mad because my cooking experiment over here is not going the way I wanted it mm-hmm. to? And so I just feel like it's the same way when you look back at your life is, oh, you know, my life was a failure or my life was this or any of that kind of stuff. But to turn back and say, man, what a ride. I learned so much about myself, about certain things. I mean, every single person walking this planet, I believe God has given a story to Mm -hmm. and that they can come up and share it with somebody, with people um, that could improve other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's experiences are unique to them, you know, and there's something to be gleaned from everybody's story. Yeah. You know? So do you think that that is like kind of crazy when I say like to, I, you know, self love, I, you know, it always kind of goes that it's a weird term. It can kind of be used like, what does that mean? Or, is that really right? You know, is it vain? Is it all those things? Um, but like to me, self-love, self-care yeah. is going for a walk, like actually taking care of your body. Yeah. Um, self-care is taking a little bit of time to question yourself, to hold yourself accountable. You know, am I treating people fairly? Am I, you know, doing the things I said I would do? Am I writing my book every day like I said I would? Yeah. You know, it's reflecting on ourselves and holding ourselves accountable and showing ourselves grace and kindness too when we make a mistake. You know, we yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't be like, you know, holler at the kids for making a mistake. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah we're yeah. inwardly so aggressive to ourselves. Well, I had never heard that term self-care until I met you. <laughs> I, I didn't know what it meant, you know, and if mm-hmm. I think the first couple times you said it, it was like, I don't know, it kind of felt weird. I don't really know what I thought. It's like self-care. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And then you explained to me, it's like, no, it's like basically it's like a tune up on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, doing like a mental checkup, you know, and you'd point out to me something. I like noise. Like I, it's like, I always mm-hmm. kept noise, whether it be music or a fan in the background or something like some sort of noise always going. And you were like, you know, you need to, stop and just kind of be in your own head just a little bit, you know, and, and think about mm-hmm. things and kind of evaluate things. And it's been a huge difference maker for me. Um, yeah. Just kind of stopping and thinking about like, you know, a lot of things that I carry guilt for, blame for, mm. you know, reframing those now yeah. and kind of looking at it, I was like, well, I didn't fail. I didn't, yeah. I didn't fall on my face. It was, it's just part of my story. Yeah. And don't you think like we're all just doing the best we can? <laughs> I think everyone is trying to just do the best they can. I do too. And I think so, the people who look like they've got it all together are the biggest, like they, they're panicked, you know, like they're ducks <laughs> on water, you know, they look cool on top, but they're underneath it's just a mile a minute. Do you, you know? think people can hear you? I feel like your microphone's so far away from you. I think so. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's so good. I remember the first time you said, I drove to get kids today with no radio on. I was like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. How did you like it? Um, because I think that we are really great. We're masters of distraction. We're masters at distracting ourselves. I also feel like that's kind of the game plan of the enemy, right? Just yeah. distract, distract, distract. And It's even get, easier nowadays. Yes. And we get so distracted. I get distracted by my phone all the time. But we get so distracted by music in the car, kids talking constantly, um, we get distracted by food. We get distracted by TV. We get distracted by, you know, laptops, computers, podcasts. I mean, all the things. Mm-hmm. We're always consuming mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And I think that I I don't know when I started doing that. I guess when I went to Canada to kind of take a break. And I really kind of shut out a lot of extra. And I was just quiet. I had – I was – living with a gorgeous ocean view and I would get up really early almost every day there 
and just really kind of take it in. And that quiet and that stillness was so uncomfortable for me. So you're talking like, here I am a, um, I'm only like a year into this, (laughs) to believing that, you know, we need that stillness and just, I mean, because even, you know, even if maybe you pray, I I pray, but I would always pray with music on. I would always pray, you know, it was like, I had to learn that being still was actually really good for me and facing those thoughts that pop up is really good because it's like a closet. Yeah. And if you have a closet and you've been wearing, you keep all your clothes in that closet from when you were a baby till now. Yeah. (laughs) And you have all these clothes in there. And I know, you know, this analogy, Mm -hmm. but, um, you keep all those clothes in there and those clothes represent your emotions and your feelings and your experiences and you never let them out. Yeah. I mean, eventually the door is going to bust open and all the stuff's going to come out and that's when you might have these sort of, you know, hard times and not sure why you feel the way you feel. And I think it's just a lot of, you know, and I'm not going to be like, you know, one of those people, I don't judge it at all, but I'm not saying, you know, just your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, I used to make fun of it Mm. all the time. And now I'm just a really big believer and just say, say how you feel. And with no judgment for me and, and it's okay. And, and letting it that kind of pass through yeah. and it just kind of cleans out that closet. And all of a sudden you just, you feel, I mean, do you think that you feel better when you're vulnerable? 100%. I think what you're talking about, and you know, this all has to do with, and I think this is a, a really long conversation. It gets very deep, mm-hmm. but you know, we start talking about success comes after loss. You know, was that kind of our statement yeah. where we kind of evolved it to here? Because I think that, what keeps a person from not quitting and quitting on life and keep moving mm-hmm. forward? Because we've established that as long as you don't give up, right, you're never really failing. Yes, you know you're always moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're talking about is not letting yourself grow emotionally, mm-hmm. hanging on to every little thing, not um, not dealing with it, unpacking it, and getting it out, and getting quiet was something that I'd never really done. Until I met you, and I don't think a lot of people really can do that. Mm. Like, can really quiet themselves to really inner focus mm. and logically deal with like mm. the 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 old clothes in their their Life, mind closet, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you know, we did something coming back from Alabama. Uh, if you remember this or not, yeah, of course you remember it, but. We were coming back home in the van, and all the kids were kind of wound up, and we were just like, hey, quiet time. We just need quiet time. Mm-hmm. And you put on that, that kind of like that meditation, uh, meditation <laughs> uh, app yeah. or whatever it was. And the not, kids, not crazy meditation. Not crazy yes. meditation. Basically just quieting yourself. Yeah. You know, and getting yes. yourself to, to relax your body yeah. and listen. Mm-hmm. And um, the kids, remember, they were making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And then they got quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a couple of them fell asleep. Yeah. But remember the teenagers in the back mm-hmm. at the end of the trip, they were like, yeah, that seemed corny at first, but then I really liked it. Yeah. I really liked just getting quiet and thinking, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it relaxes your body. Yeah. And I think that so many times we're actually, I didn't realize how tense I was until I started actually paying attention to in the quiet. Like, yeah. okay, my teeth are clenched. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how stress can present itself. Yeah. And I think just really learning how to relax and I'm telling you, I am a former maker funner of all things meditation, feelings, therapy, all that stuff. And now I am the biggest believer in it. Mm-hmm. And since I've become an under, because I feel like I can understand that a you know that all of these are biblical mm-hmm. Everyone things. And the next thing is is that we really have so much more power over our mind than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. That it's just, we're just convinced, we've convinced ourselves that what I think is who I am. And it's not true. It's, you know, take those thoughts captive that are holding you back and replace them with thoughts that are truth, that are encouraging and empowering to you, that aren't tearing you down. Mm-hmm. That God did not create you to, to put thoughts in your mind of, of thinking you're a failure or thinking you're not good enough. Yeah. And I think that we, you know... 
um, can shun any thoughts out of self care. Okay. (laughs) I don't know another word to make that cool, but I really feel like, you know, being vulnerable, sharing, sharing a little bit of your feelings with someone you trust and love and really reminding yourself that you're not a failure is, is really beneficial because here's the deal. Bottom line. And this is what I would have wanted to know. If I was listening to this and thinking, okay, like I kind of like raising my face, like I don't know about this, kind of ready to turn it off or I'm curious about it, I'd want to know what is this going to do for me? Well, what is this going to do for you? In my my heart of hearts, I can say this as a literal former skeptic, is it's going to decrease your stress. Mm-hmm. It is going to make you feel a thousand pounds lighter. It is going to make you feel like you've actually processed through things. It's going to make you feel like you can conquer the world because you realize that life does not determine who you are. Life's not happening to you. You get to experience it and you get to choose what you do out of those experiences, Mm -hmm. how you handle it, what you're going to do, um, all those kind of things. And so, I feel like once I realized that it, it just helped me so much yeah. to improve in so many areas in my life and in my business. And, um, I just love doing this journey with you because, you know, I learned so much from you on just, you know, you're, you've such thought provoking questions and. Well, speaking of business, here comes all those thought provoking questions. Okay. You, would you say you've probably personally counseled, a thousand people in your in your business career, maybe um, several hundred. Yeah, personally counseling. Yeah, I hear you counseling all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, counseling. and you've seen people. I'm not a counselor. She's okay. not a counselor. She is not. Uh, you're de facto counselor, though. Yeah. And people well, come to you it. for advice. Yeah. And you are very tremendously successful in what you do. What would you say when you? I'm sure you've. Spoken with people who they've just got everything. They got all the tools to be as successful as they want to be, but just mm. quit or go away. Mm. Well, what do you think is the leading, say top three leading things is it, that causes people just to quit, just to stop? No belief in themselves. No belief in themselves. Not a strong support system of people who believe in them. Okay. And then the third thing is, I would say they are they are unaware of the upper limit. So what I mean by that is, if you know, I, I heard this analogy one time. I was like, man, this is really good because it, it applied to me at my in my life at the time. Is you know, if you if these things keep happening to you, and when I say keep, I mean they keep recurring. So it's like you buy a car and it breaks down. Then you buy another car and it gets stolen. And then you get a new job and you you get sick. <laughs> and then, you know, you know, all these things kind of keep happening to you mm-hmm. seemingly. And then you're like, it's always happening to me. Yeah. Why is this happening to me? And you start meditating on, because that's what we do. We're thinking about something yeah. slash meditating on something. So what, happens a lot of times is we're focused and meditating on the loss or the lack of instead of on the abundance and the things that we do have. And, um, you know, I just feel like when we put our focus on what we do have and all the things that we can't, we, you know, can see in abundance, that's when we start to see the abundance start to flow back into our lives and we start to feel healing and we start Mm. to feel peace and we start to feel those things. Because I think that so many times, we get stuck in this, why God, why, you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Yeah. And instead turning that question to, okay, God, what can I learn from this? Mm. And I think just switching that changes. I mean, it changes everything in my chest, even like just in my, you know, anxiety level It's just drops in half. It's like, okay, why God me? Or, okay, God, what can I learn from this? And I think just taking that approach differently, you see a different, you see different fruit start to result in it. Because the definition of insanity, of course, is to continue the same thing, expecting change. And so if you keep trying 
new things, you know, maybe you go company to company, job to job, Mm -hmm. and the same things kind of keep happening. Mm -hmm. You find that one person in the office that you just can't stand. And then you, you keep getting bosses that just don't like you. I think it's going back and realizing, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I improve so this doesn't keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really helpful. And then I think on, on the two other points that I had you know, suggested is that who you hang out with is so important. You know, you are the sum of the five people you hang around. And so looks like you and me are going to be kid. Yeah. <laughs> kid like for a long time but uh it's important who you who you spend your time with and you know we talked a lot about that how i you know you really need to guard your mind and your heart especially when you're going through vulnerable times yes yes and really guarding yourself against negativity and guarding yourself against um you know and there's a difference between negativity and negativity and wise counsel yes you know um but you know, it's okay to be challenged mm-hmm. on what you're thinking. I think that's important almost, but not to be around people that are constantly negative, constantly, you know, kind of dragging their feet yeah. around things. Um, but if you want to do more than what you are doing, so that's the first part mm-hmm. is you have to want more. If you don't want more, that's great. Then yeah. you're happy as you want to be. Mm-hmm. But if you want more, what are you willing to do to get more? As far as really kind of looking and seeing, you know, am I around people who also want more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I used to always hear, um, show me your five best friends and I'll show you you. Mm-hmm. And I also hear this too. is uh, That's good. Um, the things that will determine where you go in life is the, the friends you keep and the books you read. That will so determine good. where you go. I've, always, I've heard that my, pretty much my whole adult life. Yeah. That's so good. Well, you and you're really awesome at reading. You read a lot. You get these books and you listen to them and you you do a really good job of that. I need to I need to improve on that because I need to do better. Well, I think you're doing really good. Plus, you're writing a book, so there's that. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? Thank (laughs) you for the plug. Reading and writing. Yeah. Go you. You know, and what you're talking about is that's a big part of this book is about being careful. Being careful who you keep around you when you're in those vulnerable times, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it's important. Yeah. I think, um, you know, kind of to, to tie it all in is the first thing I said was, you know, belief in yourself is I think that it's really easy. I, I always could um, kind of sort of believed in myself. But if you ask me, do you believe in yourself? I said, of course I do. Of course. Of course, Gage, our youngest, that's how he says, of course, of course I do. Um, but I, I really felt like now looking back, I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have that unwavering belief that I could do anything I set my mind to. Yeah. And I still don't, but it's improved and it's helped and I've seen fruit from it. Mm-hmm. And so I just keep thinking, okay, I'm creating God's image. If I believe I can do anything, then I can. Yeah. And I think it's just really digging deep and finding those vulnerable spots in us that really just want to come out and see light and just be, I feel, I feel like I'm like this enlightened meditative speaker (laughs) today. And it's hilarious because I'm not, I mean, you're doing great. I, this is what I live with. This is awesome. I, I've gotten so much smarter. Oh my goodness. No way. I just, I think it's just, I'm more, I feel like, okay, could you say this? Do you feel like I'm more inquisitive than I am responsive? Like, I feel like I'm not. Yes. I can answer that right now. Okay. Um, I couldn't count how many times something's going on, something like that. And instead of reacting, you will ask a question mm-hmm. and that question will spark a whole conversation and it may start over here yeah. and end up way over there. Yeah. But yeah, you are, you're way more inquisitive than you are reactive. I think. And that was, that's learned behavior because yeah. I never, ever, ever, ever used to do that. And so I think 
learning, like this might be something we could even do. Maybe even you and I would do this, but like just come up with a list of questions because it works with kids too. And while there's, you know, training and, you know, actually teaching them, obviously, but also, you know, when you have a teenager coming to you with, you know, I don't know, a frustration or something, instead of just either blowing them off or thinking it's ridiculous, asking questions, because a lot of times it's not even about the surface problem. Oh my gosh, as a daddy. Yeah. That's probably the thing I'm guilty of most is that just blowing off the kids. <laughs> Aren't we oh, all? don't be stupid. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't important. You know. Aren't we all? You know, and that's that's been something. It's just like to tie this all up and bring it all around. It's just like the other night whenever you know, was he number he's number kid number five. Okay. Whatever. Since I can't use names, Ellen. Um, <laughs> When he was having such a hard time accepting defeat, <laughs> whereas I went into coach mode, uh-huh. football coach Which mode. Which was amazing to see, by the way. Well, yeah. But what I'm saying is, and it, yeah, it got him through that moment, but it didn't treat the underlying cause of why he was struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's where you came in to actually probe and ask questions, make him feel safe, mm-hmm. like he wasn't going to be you know, have to run laps or anything if he didn't get the right answer. And we got to probe down to kind of what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Kind of understanding Sweet boy. the competitive yeah. juice. Because I, mean, I would classify him as someone who he hates to lose more than he likes to win. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not a bad thing in athletics, but in life, whenever, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, a situation that would warrant that behavior. It, he needs to be able to deal with it. Give him that mm-hmm. tool set. You always say, give him the tools to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love how Brene Brown says, she said, if we can raise kids that aren't afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. and ask questions, then we've done our job. Yeah. And I just think that's, that's powerful because it is true. You know, if I, if I couldn't have asked for help or even just received help, you know, being suddenly widowed with four kids under the age of six, I would have, my life story will be so different. Um, so learning how to accept and ask for help, I think is just so important. And if we teach them that, Hey, don't ever ask me for help. Don't, mm-hmm. don't come to me with your problems. Then we're teaching them that it's not the right thing to do. And yeah. it's not, it's deemed as, you know, unnecessary. Yeah. That's just my opinion. And I'm not saying I really promise I'm not, <laughs> I'm not new agey, you know, Anyway, I'm gonna stop explaining myself. I don't know <laughs> yeah, why I keep. I don't know why you keep doing that. It's like yeah. <laughs> so, because it's out of my comfort zone. This is you know. It's awesome. This is kind of this is vulnerable stuff for me to share. Yeah, you do a great job, and thank you for doing well, this. Time. This is you're awesome. Amazing. I got a lot out of it. A whole lot. I hope everybody else did too. That's why we're doing this, right? Yeah. Just to share our thoughts and yeah. opinions. You don't have to take it. It's like a grocery store. You yes. can take what you need. Put leave the rest on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, before we go, I got something new I want to do. Oh. All right. It's silly, but I heard it on another podcast and I'm ripping it off. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's um, the best. It's, it's kind of like a little thing here. It's kind of let okay. people in, into to our world a little bit, but it's called a thing I like and a thing I hate. Okay. And we don't like using hate, so we can say strongly dislike. So tell, we're going to share something that he we like. we don't like. Yeah. Something that we like <laughs> and something that we hate. Yeah. We hate. We don't okay. like it. Okay. All right. You go first. I'll go first. Okay. I want to, I want to start on something that I strongly dislike and I understand why we're doing it. Okay. I, I cannot stand the plexiglass at every cash register now <laughs> that every interaction I have is like a buffet line at Shoney's. <laughs> I can't stand it. Yeah. I'm and what you. I I'm think is hilarious over it. is that they have the plexiglass there so you can't cough, sneeze, or breathe on the, the, the clerk. Person, right. But then the clerk comes, <laughs> comes around, around the plexiglass <laughs> to deal with you. Especially if you're like at a home improvement store that I visit it. Uh, I visit quite a bit. And they come around, it's like, defeats the whole purpose of the plexiglass. 
It's just, I just can't stand. It. I'm, I'm over the plexiglass. Yeah. I understand why it's there. I'm not sure. It's, I'm sure plexiglass sales have gone through the roof. <laughs> I'm sure. Wish Grab I put, your shares yeah, in the stock shares market. Shares of plexiglass, but okay. A thing I like. We have um, we probably watched a little more TV than we normally do, just because. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. You know, um, I like uh, this show called Ozarks. On Netflix, and it is not a kid-friendly show by any means, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a very intriguing show. Yeah, um, we're liking it. We're liking it a lot. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's not uh, what would you say? It's it's kind of a uh, kind of a crime drama type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like something you would see on CBS, only dialed up a notch or two. But it's a really good show. So if you're just looking for something to watch, I would recommend the uh, is it the Ozarks <laughs> or just Ozarks. I think it's... Ozarks on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all the place you can mm-hmm. find it's on the, mm-hmm. Netflix. So that's a thing that I don't like and a thing I like. Okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. So a thing I actually hate <laughs> is celery. <laughs> <laughs> celery. I, if I never have to see it, taste it, eat it again, it would be totally fine with me. People try to sneak it in things. They do. They do. <laughs> they chop it. They put it in soups. They put it in stir fries. They put it in, I mean, I feel like it's everywhere. I feel like it's the sneakiest vegetable that ever existed. It's because it's so healthy. Yeah, it's gross You though. burn more calories. I love vegetables. You know this about me. I know you do. I yes. love vegetables, but I hate celery. It's the only thing I do. You I, like water chestnuts? No, same reason. I, I don't like celery or water chestnuts. Hmm. So they're like a little combined bundle. They're really yeah. sneaky. They're yeah. sneaky little. They're sneaky veggies. They're sneaky Sneaky veggies. You got to watch out for those sneaky veggies. <laughs> All right. Something okay, you love. Something I love. Or I like. love to bake for my family. I and I love that you love to bake for your family. Buns, I, or cinnamon rolls, as the Southerners call them. I love to make biscuits. I love to make cookies, cakes, muffins. Bread. Bread. Buns, as you call them. Buns, yes. Rolls. Dinner rolls. I love to... I love to bake. Um, it's something I really love to do that we really got into there for a minute. We were, I was, we were making, Emmy and I were doing pizza crust. We were making crackers. Yeah. We were making pies, pastries. I mean, all the things. I made a chicken pot pie from yeah. scratch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Lasagna. <laughs> Lasagna. Yes. That's right. I love to, I love, um, I would not say I'm a master chef by any means, but I do love cooking. You're, I would say you're fearless. Like you're not afraid to try anything. Like, <laughs> it may fail. Like you put, yeah. Um, what was it you put? Did you put strawberry jam mm-hmm. in a cake? Yeah. And it was fabulous. Yeah. Y'all, y'all liked it a lot. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. The, the troll. The, the troll cake. The troll no cake. No one in Emmy said it was their favorite cake yeah. yet. It yeah. was awesome. It was awesome. It looked like it was done by a child, but it was delicious, didn't it? <laughs> the cake, y'all, was hilarious looking. However. Delicious. Delicious. So delicious. I'm not saying I'm Queen Baker, but I, I love, I enjoy doing it. And I, I think I, I just like baking to show my love. Well, um, you baked a couple of cakes today mm-hmm. for a little surprise thing. We'll talk about. We'll talk about next episode. Yes. Uh, I think it's Get a great ready. idea. Get ready. It's a great yes. idea. This is going to be one that we can trademark. This is a Langford idea, right? Boom. Eat your heart out, Chip and Joanne. <laughs> Chip and Joanne. <laughs> says their name wrong. Chip and Joanne. What is their name? Chip and Joanna. Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, instead of saying Julia, you, yeah, you, you call her Julie. Julie. <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay friends all right guys thanks for joining us yeah <laughs> <laughs> see you next time roll that tape i want something to pass down to the generations to come I want to know when we get older we did the best we could I want to know that we put heart in in everything we did and they can something
legacy.